Hello, and welcome back to the Seeing Matter podcast. My name is Shelby Nix, and I am excited for another episode today. And it came to me when I was thinking about it. Sometimes I think really long and hard about the episode topics, and then other times it just comes right at me. And today I'm really in flow. So the topic that came to me today was my fitness journey. And I have an interesting story to share from when I was very, very young to now and how my idea has changed around my health and fitness. And let's get into it. So let's take it back, like way back. I remember that one my my earliest touch point with fitness was joining soccer when I was probably four or five years old, very like as early as you can start until age 12 or 13. I had a lot of fun playing soccer growing up and it was a great way to get outside and to blow off my energy and just get active. And so that I did that for a good amount of time. But I remember that I definitely was not the best, but I wasn't the worst either, let's call it. Uh, I just wasn't as passionate when it came to middle school than other people. That was when it was getting more competitive and I just didn't see myself really following through with it after that. And overall, I liked to play. I liked the game, but I did not like to run. So whenever there was any sprinting or anything like that at practice, I absolutely hated it. I thought it was the worst day ever. And similarly, when I was in PE in middle school, which is when I had like an official PE class, I hated any day that you had to run. I just absolutely hated it. I would do anything to get out of it. And I remember there was this one year where my PE teacher in middle school, Miss Darnold, shout out Miss Darnold. She's awesome. <laughs> she loved fitness, um, but I was not into the running portion. So there was an opportunity to bring in cans of food to the run or to the day. So then you can take off laps of what you're supposed to do. And I think it was at least one, one lap a day around the field. So best believe I brought in about 10 cans at least because I did not want to run. Like I hated it. And at the time I remember I had, I had PE in the beginning of the day and I just absolutely despised that. Not that I hated fitness. I actually in hindsight liked some of it, not the running part, but other parts like playing volleyball or weightlifting. I don't think that was really the problem, but it was that I felt like I was ruining my hair and makeup throughout the, the rest of the day and I had just gotten ready. So I was really disgruntled by that. Looking back, it doesn't really matter. But when you're in middle school and you're learning how to do your hair and makeup, that is really important to you. So that was up until I was about in middle school. And when I had decided to stop playing soccer because it was getting a little bit too competitive and I wasn't really on the same page as many of the other girls that I played soccer with, which by the way, I still get to see some of them from time to time and they are awesome people. So organized sports are a great way to meet other people, especially when you're young. But I had decided to instead play a more individualized sport and that was tennis. I don't know what exactly made me want to play tennis, probably the cute outfits, because like I said at the time, I was really into looking cute. And I had always been interested in tennis, but had never really played before. So I started playing tennis in middle school. And there was a clinic and practices up the street from my house at the local tennis club. I believe it was two, two or three days a week after school. And it was just all around tennis all the time. 
and I loved it. Again, I wasn't the best by any means, but I was definitely good enough to make it on the team and I enjoyed it and played up, I believe, until my junior year of high school. I did lessons on the side as well. So I was doing clinics probably three days a week and then also lessons on Saturday mornings, which at the time it was so early. I <laughs> I hated getting up that early. All I wanted to do was watch a uh, top 20 video countdown on VH1 on Saturday mornings. But instead I was going to tennis practice, which was still fun, but I had other priorities at the time and it was hard for me to get up in the morning, but I digress. So I was playing tennis in high school and had played organized sports up until then. I knew I did not like to run. It just was not my thing. And then in high school, I can't remember exactly what year this was, but I started to go to something called Yoga in the Park. And Yoga in the Park is still around today. It's in Dana Point and it's in this beautiful park. I believe it's called Lantern Park, if I'm not mistaken. But I started going to yoga in the park on Saturdays or on the weekends, and they basically would have an hour-long class. And at the time, it was donation-based, so you can just bring however much cash you have and then donate it for the hour-long class. And it was so cool to be able to do yoga outside, and I basically was integrated into what yoga was from there on out. And I knew that there was something different about this. There was just something that really clicked for me, but I will say no. There was not quite that spiritual aspect that kicked in until a little bit later. So I'll walk through that too. But I started integrating a little bit of yoga. And then I also remember going to the 24-hour fitness gym as well. I believe it was later in high school and going to some of their classes. So they had body pump, which if you're not familiar, is a strength training class. So they have different barbells and then you add weights onto it. And I remember going to body pump a lot and then also just walking on the treadmill, going to yoga. And I believe they also had some spin classes at the time too. So at this point, I was not fitness obsessed, but I was trying different things out because I was entering out of organized sports and having to do sports for school or something like that. So this leads me to college. And in college, I had first moved to Montreal, a story on that for another time. But I found myself moving to Montreal. I knew no one and I moved to a different country out of college. And so I was very open to trying new things, but I was also overwhelmed because this this was a new territory for me. So I signed up for Yoga Nidra at McGill. And looking back, I'm so glad I did this. That was so mature of me actually at the time because it forced me to get up very early. I want to say the class was at something crazy like 630. And if you've ever been to Montreal, it is, excuse my language, fucking cold. So it was really fucking cold at 630 AM. And I would walk it was almost a mile up to the gym and do yoga nidra. And it was this with this really lovely older woman and she would just guide us through yoga nidra. And if you know yoga nidra, it's not like vinyasa at all. It's actually mostly sitting and becoming aware of your body parts. And that was just so interesting and unique. And I wanted to continue with yoga because of the spiritual aspects. And I was able to do that there at McGill. And Alongside of this, there was also a spin studio around the corner 
from my apartment in Montreal and it was called Spin Energy or Spin Energy in French. And it was owned, very fun fact, by the character who plays Michelle in Gilmore Girls. So the guy that owns the whatever it is, the inn, that was him that owned this Spin Studio. So very interesting. But I remember at the time I was pretty obsessed with going there and I loved the fun aspect. I loved that they were playing loud music and I got super into it. So this is really where my love for high intensity fitness came came in the picture. After I moved to Mo- to Boston from Montreal, my fitness practices changed as well. So when I went to Boston, I lived in Boston for about two, two and a half years, and I started going to classes at the gym. I remember it being very affordable, and I would just try basically every class at the gym that they had. I was going to Zumba classes, yoga classes. They had a body pump-like class there, step classes, spin, everything. I would just go to basically everything because there's not much to do in Boston when it's cold besides go to the gym. So I was at the gym quite a lot. And then I also discovered ClassPass. So ClassPass was in its heyday back a few years ago, about six or seven years ago. And I remember you could go to ClassPass and be able to go to the best studios in your area. So I started going to Barry's Bootcamp and I was pretty obsessed with Barry's Bootcamp for a time. So Barry's is basically half intense running and sprints and then also strength training. And that was when I was pretty into getting in shape and becoming more interested in high intensity workouts. I was also doing yoga. I would go to the yoga works on Boylston back in the day and loved it. And looking back, it's interesting because it makes a lot of sense with where I was because at the time I was in college and my friends were really into partying and going out. And I was also part of that too. But There were a lot of times where I remember on a Saturday, I would make it a priority to go to a different one of the classes that I was into at the time and then go out afterwards. So I always made sure that that was a priority. And I'm very proud of myself for that because I no longer drink, but I still make that a priority for myself because I know that it is helpful for my body and it also makes me feel so much better. And I would even go to like a Saturday night hot yoga class at Yoga Works and then go out afterwards. And I think it probably helped me at the time, I'm sure. I also discovered SoulCycle at this point. And fun fact, again, is that at this time, I was working at Juice Press, which is a East Coast-based juice company. Basically, basically they make fancy smoothies for like $15. And Juice Press had a really interesting model because they were inside of the equinoxes around the East Coast and they were in the equinox in Back Bay in Boston. So when I was working at Juice Press, I got a free membership to go to Equinox. So I was going to Equinox for $0 and I loved it. I mostly used their steam rooms and um, saunas and things like that, but I loved being part of it. And I also loved being surrounded by people who were also into fitness. So during this time around 2017-ish, I remember that I put a message in our 
sororities group chat about joining the Tone It Up Bikini Series. And if you're familiar, that was a big thing at the time. And they had done it for years. It's much different now. And Tone It Up is totally different. But it basically was a series, a six-week series, where you stuck to the program to a T. And overall, I did that summer. And I built a lot of muscle and was becoming somewhat obsessed with some of the cardio pieces. So I had never really lifted weights before consistently. And I do think that was part of what had contributing contributed to the muscle building. But I also remember running a lot at this time. I was doing a lot of cardio because that was part of the program. This was not sustainable because it was not only fitness related, but it was also diet related and it was pretty restrictive. So I began to move out of that after the series was done. In 2017, around this time, so right after that, I started working at Reebok at their corporate headquarters in Boston. And they had a very interesting model as well because they had fitness classes as part of the everyday culture there at the company. So you could take fitness classes whenever you wanted to, and they had them on site. So I took all kinds of different classes, but dance classes, there was yoga, there was bar, there was all sorts of stuff. And it was very cohesive with their culture there, which I still think to this day was so cool. And I wish I wish I had that. But again, I digress. That was a little bit different and that was part of their culture. But I remember there was this dance class that they had on Mondays and Wednesdays and me and my team at the time would go and we just had so much fun. We loved it. There was this lady named Carmen who was the instructor and she was just like this jumping jelly bean and loved it so much. We had a ton of fun. So at that point, I was a little bit less strict and was just having more fun and that I did. I was having the time of my life. Now, after 2017, I moved to Paris in 2018 And this is interesting and is very reflective of the culture that is in Europe, but I was not very active at this time. I remember maybe doing a couple of workouts in my room, but not much of anything at all. So my primary motive for being there was to go to school, of course, but also to find a job afterwards. And that was so taxing on me. And there was a lot of issues behind the scenes. So safe to say that working out wasn't necessarily my primary goal. But also, if you've lived in Europe or if you've lived in another place outside of the U.S., you just know that it's not integrated like it is here. Fitness and working out is such a key part of being an American and being in this culture that you have it at your fingertips. You have things like class pass, you have wearables, you have everything you can imagine. You have Tracy Anderson, you have all the things. And you constantly are talking with people about what are you doing and what, you know, what kind of program are you on and all this kind of stuff. And in Europe, that was just really not a conversation that was being had. I remember they did have a gym, I think, of some sort at the school, but it wasn't much of anything. And I just don't remember fitness being a really big priority for me at the time. I was more into having fun, traveling, being with my friends and there were many nights where we would stay out way, way too late. So fitness was not at its peak at this point. But I did join a yoga class in the area. And if you're familiar, I was living in La Défense, which is the business district in Paris. Not like what you see in the movies, but very industrial looking and very professional looking on the outside. And it was 
lots of cold hallways and high-rise buildings and things like that. And there was a yoga studio in my area that I walked to, and it was all in French. And looking back, I'm very proud of myself. So I did a hot yoga class many, many times in French, and I would say that definitely helped me with my speaking skills. But after that, I moved to New York in 2019, and this is where I began to amp up the fitness classes again. So I was part of ClassPass. Again, this was when ClassPass was a lot more flexible. You had a lot of bang for your buck coming out of it, but I was back to being obsessed with fitness classes. So I would go any chance that I had. I was pretty much going every day. I was not going to any gyms, but I was going to more so the classes. And in New York, I mean, there's just so many options and it was a ton of fun at the time, I won't lie. And it actually really helped me explore different parts of the city and meet new people simply because I was going to different neighborhoods. So I would meet friends and go to different classes and just have a blast. So I was going to Y7, which is still one of my favorites. Honestly, if, if I'm in an area where there is a Y7, I would be open to going again because it was so much fun. Y7 is basically a hot yoga class with hip hop music, and it was so, so fun. I looked forward to it every weekend. There was also this place called Box and Flow that I remember. I don't even know if that's still around, but it basically was like half boxing, half yoga. That was really fun. I was going to different spin classes like Soul Cycle and the other one that's escaping me, but it was similar. Rumble, which is a boxing class. I was going to some Legree Pilates classes. You get the gist. A lot of, lot of classes. And at the time, that was what was working for me, but I didn't really know much better. And that leads me to after college. And it's been about four years or so, if I'm doing the math correctly. Time is escaping me. But I became really into Pilates and walking during COVID because that was what was available to me. I would also do some live workouts when they were on Instagram or YouTube. And I really was just keeping it pretty simple and simplistic, but I knew I needed to get outside. There were days on end during COVID where I wouldn't even get outside. So walking was really key for me. And when I was living down in Orange County, I would go on the beach every day and walk the beach trail or run it. So this was something that I became more accustomed to mostly because I was experiencing so much anxiety that I needed to get it out somewhere. And at the time, that's how I knew best. In hindsight, the running piece, I actually enjoyed. Remember when I said I really hated running? Well, I integrated it at this point and I didn't hate it. I actually really liked it. But I also look back and think that that was a part that I was coping with the massive amounts of anxiety that I was experiencing from mostly for my work at the time, but I could have maybe handled that a little bit differently and I didn't have to escalate that feeling by adding on another high intensity form of movement. But in hindsight, I learned what that may have been doing to my body. So I was basically burning my adrenals at some point and this is when the classes started to open back up in the area after COVID. So at this point, for a solid good three or four years, I was hot yoga and hot sculpt obsessed. I mean, several times a week, any chance I could go, that was my priority. And so I belonged to a couple of different yoga studios and that's primarily what I did. So 
I did hot vinyasa yoga classes. I did yin yoga classes. I did the sculpt classes, which the sculpt classes are always (laughs) the hardest. And if you've ever been, you just know. But I became a master at the sculpt classes. So that involves a lot of high intensity, lower weights, but higher reps. And ultimately, in hindsight, I can say it did cause a lot of depletion. I started to experience different symptoms along the way, like hair loss in 2020. And I did not know where that came from. I was really shocked and was frightened because at that age, I was not expecting to lose so much hair, but I lost probably half of the hair that was on my head. I was experiencing mood swings and hormonal fluctuations and also heavy periods and just was feeling a heaviness in my body. I also had a lot of inflammation and extra weight on that was inexplicable. I was doing the most and more than anybody else that I knew in my life. I was working out more. I was eating less. I was doing all the things that could have been seen as perfect, but were not for my body. And last year, I joined a local fitness studio, a hot yoga studio in my area, and I absolutely loved going there. And there were so many amazing people I met and great, great teachers, but there was something that was telling me that it didn't have to be like this. I didn't have to be so stressed about trying to go every day, trying to do more and more and more. I was also getting pretty burnt out about going to the studio, which was about 15, 20 minutes away, driving there, finding parking in a difficult area, paying for the classes, paying for the parking, trying to figure out how I was going to fit it in with my schedule, all those types of things that added up to little increments of stress throughout my day. And this leads me to July of 2023, where I was able to find a solution to answer some of these issues. And that was after I had listened to Dr. Shannon Ritchie on the Skinny Confidential podcast, and I did not know who she was before that. I didn't know what Evlo was before that, but I was introduced to her platform, which is called Evlo Fitness, and I have experienced more muscle building ever since. And I also work out in half the time, if not more. I spend half the amount of money, and I get 10x the output. So as you know, on this podcast, we talk a lot about 80-20 principles and the 20% of my inputs now produce 80% of my output. So I don't have to do so much and deplete my adrenals in a way where it's not serving me. I also learned this after I was diagnosed with PCOS. So it made more and more sense that this is going to be more helpful for me versus doing HIIT training basically every day. So what Edvolo involves is three to five days of strength training. So there's a three day track, a four day track and a five day track. I do the five day because that only means that I have to work out 35 minutes a day, which tends to work in with my schedule for the most part. So it means that there's five minutes of warm up, and they are taught by doctors of physical therapy. So they know what they're talking about and they also know how to address the mobility before you even get into some of the moves. So it's five minutes of warm up. It's 25 minutes of work and they work on different body body parts throughout each day. So it might be upper body day or lower body day. And I didn't think that I used to care about that because I just wasn't into strength training. And also I thought strength training was only for people who really wanted to bulk up and look like the gym shark people, but this is not it at all. It's actually 
very modernized. It's also relaxing and they integrate some yoga practices into the platform as well, which I really like. So it's not just masculine. It's not just feminine. It's a little bit of both, which I really appreciate. So 25 minutes of work each day. So that could include different movements for upper body, lower lower body, abs, whatever the case may be. And then five minutes of cool down, which I love because it allows you to actually get into a deep shavasana afterwards and integrate some of that mindfulness that I loved from yoga into the strength training. And I do the five time a week track alongside listening to the podcast that comes out every week to reinforce some of the principles because she comes with so much knowledge and so much data that it's really hard to refute. Beyond that, I move my body in other ways as well throughout the week, and that includes simply walking in my area. I'm in a very walkable area, so I can pretty much walk any day except for if it's raining, and then I'll go maybe on the treadmill. So I'll walk at least 15 to 30 minutes a day, And most recently, I've also been integrating tennis, which I love. So I've been integrating tennis back in. I've been going to another club here in LA that's called Live Ball, LVBL. And they have different classes and live ball classes throughout the week in different areas of the city. And I've been loving doing that. So that's another way I'm able to integrate some cardio for my heart health and the strength training for muscle building and longevity. For more information about that, I would head over to Evlo's platform and their podcast, Fit Body Happy Joints, because the way that they outline the data is just so clear that it's really, really difficult to unsee it. The way that I've been able to streamline my fitness journey and bring in the aspects that are the most formative for me and my body has been so helpful. It's allowed me to feel more calm and at ease, not just in the fitness class, but also beyond then. I feel more equanimous, is that a word? Equanimity throughout my day, having a fitness protocol that works with me. So having PCOS, polycystic ovary syndrome, I know that slow weighted workouts are better for me than a high intensity interval training practice multiple times a week. So I'm so grateful that I was able to find this and streamline what I'm able to do every week. And then I can do more things like record this podcast and have more energy throughout my day and not feel stressed that I need to leave work to get to my hot yoga class and deplete my adrenals. I'm very balanced and I also do what works and what I know is demonstrated in in the research and in the data. The way that I've been able to look at data in every part of my life has transformed the way that I look at things. We have purchasing power in what we buy and what we decide to consume. There's so much fitness advice, let's call it, out there, some of it good, some of it not so good, that by integrating the data, I've seen what works on a multitude of different people and not just worked off of emotion because especially as women, there's a lot of fitness lore out there that is preying on the way that we look at our bodies. And I've been stronger and more resilient than ever this year. And I can safely say that it's been because of the shift in my fitness protocol over the past six or seven months. So if you want to learn more about Evlo, I will leave the information below as well as Liveball if you're in the area and you want to look into some tennis. But without that being said, I am now out of breath. I didn't even run. I didn't even move. But 
I might go on a walk after this because I think it might be nice before before I wind down this afternoon. But all in all, I will say fitness is still a very important part of my life, but I've maximized my output by only focusing on the 20%. So Evlo is my 20%. Tennis is part of my 20%. It also gives me joy. And walking is my 20%. And it's totally doable for me. And that means I'm only moving maybe an hour a day. And that doesn't mean I'm doing two a days. I'm not getting stressed about going to the studio and trying to find parking. I'm very much calm and in my center. So then I can be even more powerful other places in my life. If you have any podcast recommendations, please head over to seeingbetterpod at gmail.com and give me a shout out there. I will definitely integrate it into a future podcast episode. And I will plug the podcast one more time at the end here. If you can share and subscribe to the podcast, it would mean a whole lot to me. It's a way that we can get the podcast off the ground so I can continue to do more and more episodes on whatever you're looking for. I hope you have an amazing week ahead. Thank you so much. And I hope you'll be seeing better. Thank you. Bye.